All right. Let me see if I can share this thing. face hey dylan this is gonna be really fun to live stream and try to do comments on the phone that's yeah live chat all messages are visible yes that's what i want this is gonna be interesting on the phone all right so we got dylan that's good there'll probably be a few more coming in here in a minute how you been dylan you good I've seen you commenting on videos and stuff. Can you hear me okay? Because that's always a problem, I feel like. Yeah, there's a... Uh, yeah. I still don't have my computer back, so we can talk about that too. That's fun. If you have a Mac and you drop it, it's going to take a ton of time to get it back, apparently. It's been three weeks. Tuesday will be three weeks that I've been without my computer. So like I can't edit videos or it's killing me. And the funny thing is it took him two weeks to even look at the computer. What's up, Nathan Ripper? I, w I went out last weekend. I went camping last weekend. I think I'm going to go camping next weekend. But this weekend, no. Unfortunately, I'm not camping, which sucks. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I have a brand new, so I have one of those, those Mac Apple is a mess, yeah. Well, so this isn't, to be fair, this isn't the actual Apple store. So I have an actual Apple store, but it's like 30 minutes away. But there's a an Apple approved store. Um, ooh, yeah. Uh, I've tried to do that before, but it's not great. Like there's just, trying to live stream from the woods, even with the WeBoost is just, it's spotty at best. Um, but yeah, this place where I took my Mac is not the Apple store. It's like an Apple approved place and, uh, probably won't go back there. I'd probably make the extra drive to the actual Apple store next time because so basically the way they do it, I'll tell you, Nathan, um, the, the way that they do it is they take your computer from you and you're not allowed to have it back. Like, I don't know why they couldn't just like, tell me, bring it back. Like we're busy right now and it'll be two weeks before we can even look at it. But they didn't. They just took it, and then they waited two weeks to even look at it, and then they ordered parts earlier this week. So I was really hopeful I'd get it by the end of the week, but no such luck. Um, so yeah, so more. We can talk about more a little bit. I saw that. Um, more was awesome, man. I tell you what. Like, so for those of you that are you know nervous about events like that for COVID, they were really really good about the precautions and stuff. Everybody had masks on, and it wasn't bad at all. Like it was just. I mean, it's a little weird, right? We're, I don't think anybody's still used to it even after a year, but it was awesome, man. There were so many cool rigs there. There were tons of people. Um, I met a ton of great people. I met the the guys from Rogue Overland. So if you're a Nissan person, you know Rogue Overland. They've got some rad stairs and they're kind of out west, like Texas-y uh, area, but they go to Moab and do all kinds of cool, crazy stuff. But I got to meet the Nicks, Nick and Nick from Rogue Overland. We talked for like an hour and a half or two. Um, and that was a lot of fun. So that was really cool. Um, tons and tons of Jeeps, of course, a couple, well, quite a few gladiators were there. So Nathan, you'll like that. Um, but like there were just, I mean, it was really neat. The vendors too, like there was, there was an ungodly amount of vendors, but they were all pretty much different. Like they weren't, I didn't really see a lot of overlap between the vendors. Um, <laughs> 
Okay, good to know. Well, there you go. That's why I just barely brushed on it, right? I'm not. I'm not going to get political here. Um, but so, uh, but yeah, just tons and tons of vendors. Very little overlap. There were like some cool van life people there. There were um, some like rock crawler, like crazy jeeps on like I don't even know the biggest tires I've ever seen on a jeep. Um, that was pretty sick. So there were I post up some pictures and stuff on there. I've got more video when I get my computer back. I've got a ton of stuff that I still have to go through and edit, but I just. Haven't had a computer for three weeks, so that's fun. Um, but yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I and I was there all day. The first day, I was there for about six hours. Friday, the day before it officially opened, I was lucky enough to get let in, kind of walk around behind the scenes, meet some people, talk to some people, see some setup and stuff. Um, so it was it was cool. I really liked it. It, it was a great time. Um, but yeah, tons of stuff to see, tons of vendors. I saw um, a couple of them. Like I talked to Chad from Overland Addict. And like he said, he sells as much at this show as he does in like a few months of online sales. It's crazy. It's like just stuff like lines of people buying like, you know, Max Tracks and uh, a lot of U- last U.S. bags stuff there that uh, like Chad was selling and some of the other vendors. They had the the new last U.S. bags, uh, trash bags, which I got one of. Um, so that was it was really neat. It was really neat. Um, and like just tons of big names, right? Like Artemis Overland was there. Um, Backwoods Adventure Mods, Grant from Arkansas Off-Road was there, who I'd never met in person, but obviously if you've watched some of my stuff, you've seen me and him talk, which was cool. The right way today? Oh, yeah. I wonder why. I don't know. Maybe because I'm streaming from the phone? I, that's a good point. I'm not sure why the logo was backwards. Um, but so, yeah, more was awesome. The drive out was a lot of fun. I drank a lot of Monster Energy, which is always fun. Uh, get jittery. Um, but I hung out with, uh, Jeremiah from Overland Pioneers. I got to hang out with Rob from, uh, from, uh, Revere Overland. He's got a huge channel. He's got some crazy cool stuff. He just got one of those FPV drones I saw, which that's another thing we could talk about. Those FPV drones. I mean, I don't think I would need them for actual footage or anything, but oh dude, they look fun. I just want one just for fun, just to play with. Um, but yeah, but more was, more was awesome. Um, the only thing I want more of next year is I want to like spend a few days either before it or after it, um, (laughs) beer. I'll tell you that here in a second. Um, I want more time before and after to hit the Ozarks for sure. Like that was the only thing is I only had the weekend. It's technically that weekend is, well, we know Valentine's day, but also my wife's birthday is the 13th. So I missed my wife's birthday and Valentine's day. So it was, it was a two day quick trip and I was back Sunday. So I was there about half the day on, on Sunday and it started to snow like crazy Sunday too. Um, I got out of there around 1030 probably on Sunday and, uh, it was in Springfield, Missouri. So I got out of there around 1030 on Sunday. And as I was leaving, there was probably about an inch and a half or two on the roads and there were some cars slipping around, which was just fun, right? Like it was, it was neat. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. I, Ozarks is on my list. I actually, speaking of the Ozarks, I was going to try and come out there. Yeah. Yeah. I had to, I had to sweet talk the the wife. I stopped and got her flowers on the way back. I was, I was a good husband. Um, but, uh, I was supposed to come out to the Ozarks first week of April. I was going to try and put together a trip. And then I realized that's our spring break. And so we have a family vacation scheduled for that week. So I was like, Hey, what's going on the first week of uh, April? And the wife was like, spring break we're going to tennessee or something or gatlinburg i don't remember where we're going we're going somewhere that doesn't involve overlanding and i was like ah oh, shit okay well i can do that then um but yeah the ozarks i have to get out there this year like i just after seeing you know your stuff nathan and, and everybody's stuff from out there there's no way i can't get out there so i want to do that i also want to do kentucky this year probably 
Um, the Daniel Boone Backcountry Byway, um, LBL, Land Between the Lakes, something like that would be amazing. Um, and then I kind of want to start, I don't know if you guys have been out west. I know a few of you have. Okay, from PA to Gatlinburg for July. Cool. Um, whenever you guys who have been to like Moab, like I know Cody, I don't know if he's on here or not. I don't know if I can see that on the phone. Anyways, um, you guys that have been out West, I really like Moab area, like white rim trail. I want to get out there. I want to, it'll probably be like next year. Cool. Um, it'll probably be like next year, but so any, you know, if you've got any recommendations or anything, drop them on the Facebook page, like just start a new post about, you know, Moab or whatever, just drop pictures and, and stuff, places that you've been. I'd love that. Cause I'd love to talk through that. Cause I know that's going to take, like, if I'm going to do it, I really want to spend like a couple of, a couple of, uh, the white room trail is your jam. Nice. Um, I want to spend like a couple weeks doing that because for me here to out there, I had looked at it before when Cody, uh, Dino's off-road. Um, whenever he had gone out there, he and a couple other guys went, I was trying to go with them, but it was like a good, yeah, that's what I've heard. Permits are tough to get. Um, but like, I I've heard that, uh, well doing the, the distance calculations, it's like 24 hours of driving to get out there. What's up, Jeremiah? Um, three weeks. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, this is the kind of stuff I need to know, right? Is like where to go or like the, you know, the, the, gems that nobody knows about stuff like that no you're fine matt what's up welcome um okay cool well good to know um so yeah so getting uh getting you know permits for the white rim trail and stuff planning that out finding some of the you know like the more hidden gems the places that not everybody goes um are things that i need to figure out right like i'd like to plan that whole thing out and kind of have like a plan for a couple weeks um, somebody asked how many miles are on my Xterra. I'm just now at 138,000. So it's still pretty young for an Xterra. I mean, it's 16 years old, but mileage wise, it's pretty good. <laughs> Dylan is my cheerleader that, that gets me likes on my videos. Thanks, Dylan. Um, no, it's, I mean, it runs like a top. I did just discover, and I'm a little bummed about this the other day, but it's my fault. Cause of course I did something stupid. Um, I've got a little pinhole leak, grand staircase, Escalante national monument. This is the largest tire I can put under a stock Jeep. Um, probably 45s, Jeremiah, is what I would say. I mean, those Jeeps just eat tires, you know? Idiot. Um, <laughs> so anyways, um, I did discover a leak of power steering fluid. I noticed a little drip under the truck, and I'm like, oh, damn it, what is that? And uh, I got under there, and I looked, and my winch on my Wham bumper, it was always really close from, like, a clearance standpoint. Um Okay, good to know, Ripper. Great hiking, beautiful views. Um, I got under there, and my winch has it must have moved just like millimeters back, just over the. I've had the winch on for probably a year and a half, and it's rubbing on what I think is the high pressure line. So I have to figure out. I need to get a a manual for it and figure out if it's the high pressure line. I looked up parts, and I think it's like twenty bucks for a new a new line. Uh, that's the part that's rubbed and is starting to leak. Um, but if it's the low pressure line, I saw a video where a guy did a cooler. I think service on my 2003. Yeah, so I that's I just need to figure it out because I'm I'm pretty sure like I can see where the leak is and I can it's dripping down the back of my winch like the the little knob to adjust the direction of the winch. No, you I think we're good, Jeremiah. You don't owe me. I mean, yeah, you still owe me 125 bucks. Just keep sending me money every week. If you could just send me 125 bucks, that'd be great. Love you too. Um, for the people that I, I'm probably going to put this up as the podcast too this week. So let me just say to those of you that are 
potentially still listening 10, 12 minutes into this thing on the podcast. Sorry in advance because I can't edit stuff. So um, I'm just doing a live stream on YouTube. We're going to talk about all kinds of random things, but I will try to read the comments out loud so you know what the heck I'm talking about. So it's not just me saying, oh, yeah, that makes sense and, and things like that. Um, so I will try and make this make sense to you guys. And I'll try and keep us on some semblance of topics here going forward. Um, but yeah, so I've, I've developed a power steering leak in the truck. That is my own fault because my winch has slowly over the last like year and a half been rubbing on the line. Um, yeah, Nissan's are really cheap. So fries on the side said anything that leaps on the Jeep leaks on the Jeep cost me a thousand dollars. Uh, funny story about his Jeep as he was getting ready to leave to go to more, right? It was for more. Um, he backed down the driveway and noticed like a slick of oil <laughs> coming from under his Jeep. And it was, it was relatively expensive, I think, to get that fixed. So apologies to you for that, Matt. I'm sorry that that happened to you, but uh, should have got a Nissan, you know? Sorry. Um, Overland Pioneer says, my goal is the Muir Trail. I don't, I'm not familiar with that. But whenever you're going, man, let me know. We, can, we could set something up for sure. Um, so yeah, so let's let's try and get this for the podcast folks. Let's try and get this onto some semblance of uh, of talking. So maintenance, fun parts, and going back out west. Yeah. So thank you, thank you for giving me the topics. Um, yeah, we can talk about like upgrades to the truck because a lot of stuff has changed on that. We could do that first, and then if you guys want to, we could get into because there's just been a ton of it on like Facebook groups and things like that of people bitching about the term overlanders, and I'd love to just talk through that with you guys. Um, isn't the Muir Trail a hiking trail? I, I don't, I've never heard of it. So I have to look that up. Um, but so let's start with the truck, right? So I paid six for Max Steering. I'm super happy. So you got an 03 with 70,000 miles. Wow, nice work. Hey, MN Overlander. Um, yeah, that's a great deal. Um, so starting with the truck, right? So like I mentioned just a little bit ago, um, got a got a leak in the power steering. That's my fault. Going to try and fix that here soon. Um, it's a really slow one, so I've, I just poured a little bit of fluid in it. It's been another couple weeks, and it's just there's a couple drops on the driveway, so it's nothing super big. Um, but so aside from that, though, maintenance-wise, it is still just working like a champ. Starts up every time. Um, I did recently upgrade my starter battery from just a normal old 800 cold cranking amps starter battery to a an Odyssey AGM. And so I've switched over my electric. I'm running my fridge off that. Um, I'm gonna swap. I haven't had time to do it yet, but I'm gonna swap the uh, the solar over to just charge that battery. So I think that I should be essentially kind of you know unlimited power because that thing has such capacity. Anyways, I've run the fridge already off of it for about three days. Now that's been in the winter, so to be fair, it's not running all the time. Um, but it was like 40s and 50s, so it's not like it's been you know 20s or anything. Um, but it, it's run it with no problems and I hop back in and I still have, you know, 13 and a half, 14 volts on the battery. So it's been, I've been pretty impressed with that Odyssey battery. Yeah. Odyssey is pretty great. No, no dual battery, just a single AGF battery. So that's, so I've looked at dual battery setups, right? So the AGM Odyssey battery is a class 34 that I bought. It was about 300 bucks. So it wasn't exactly inexpensive. So if you were going to do a dual battery, of course, then you're doubling your cost of batteries, right? You've got to buy the kit, which the ones that I've seen are about 150-ish, 100, 150 bucks for the dual setups. I think they're nice. Like I love the idea of having a house battery and a, and a starter battery that are separate. But I mean, honestly, most of my trips are, are two to four nights, unfortunately right now now we'll see right if i go out west and i'm on like a two-week trip but i mean also if i'm out west presumably there's going to be a whole lot of 
uh, of sun, right? So if I've got that 100 amp hour or 100 watt hour uh, panel on the hood, constantly just trickle charging that battery, I really don't think. Um, yeah, no, that's a good question. I'll read that here in a second about the solar. But I mean, with that solar, what it is for me, Michael, is it's peace of mind, right? So like, if I'm out, even for just two or three days, like I used to be terrified of it because I've killed my battery once or twice out in the woods. Now I do have a NOCO GB40 now. So a NOCO uh, it jump starter pack. And that thing has saved me. I literally was out in the woods one time and I ran my fridge off my normal starter battery. And I was like, well, it'll shut off automatically. But I think I had some other accessories charging too. And I just wasn't paying attention. And I literally woke up the second day, the second morning that I was out there after just two days and I had a dead battery. And I was by myself and I was in the middle of nowhere and I was like, ah, oh, crap. And I hooked the NOCO up and it started right up and I let it run for a while and then I drove out. Um, so the NOCO is a nice backup. But what, what I like about it is just, again, that peace of mind, right? Just to be able to like plug things in. And I mean, here's the thing too, is my cost on the solar. So I actually bought a used solar, Renogy solar panel off Amazon because I was like, I'm going to strap it to the outside of the truck anyways. So there's no point in buying a new one for, you know, 50, 60 bucks more. So I got that for about 130 bucks total. So for 130 bucks, howdy, Cody. I was talking about you earlier. Um, Dino's off-road. Surprised you don't have a YouTube account for that. Um, but uh, but the, with the solar for 130 bucks, just to have it to keep everything topped off and not have to worry about dealing with a dead battery or potentially damaging it, right? Like that's the thing too is with those AGM batteries. Um, once you kind of ruin them, they're ruined, right? And they're a pretty big, a pretty big uh, not piece of electronics will die. Yeah, that's true. Um, but you know, they're 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 not a huge investment to get that. Again, you're only for a dual setup. It doesn't shut off in the house. Battery drain and killed. Okay, so one guy Ripper is saying that he has a dual setup, but it's draining his his setup or draining his batteries, and it killed him. Yeah, that's that's the other thing is complexity, right? Like, I love the idea of a dual battery setup, but to Michael's point earlier, like, who really needs solar? You know, for me, anyways, if I was if I was on the road, you know, ten months out of the year or something and I was constantly traveling, yeah, I would probably want the solar. I'd want the dual battery setup. I'd want all of the backups, right? All the redundancy. But again, for me, I'm more of a weekend overlander, a weekender camper type person um, that maybe two or three times a year, if I'm lucky, gets to go on like a four plus day trip. Um, so yeah, it's for me, it's just really not necessary. I, I like, but I do like having that deep cycle battery now because again, now I don't have to, I was literally running the, the fridge off the back of the truck as I'm driving out to wherever I'm going, you know, two, four, six, eight, ten hours out, I'm running it off the truck. Then I get to camp and I gotta unplug it. I gotta switch my fridge because it's not a the Alpacool is is has two plugs. So you actually have to unplug the DC, plug in the AC, hook that up to like my portable battery, is what I was using, um, to run that off of. Then during the day, I'd switch it back over, unplug the AC, plug in the DC, plug it into the back while I'm running the truck, try and charge up the portable generator battery uh, off the truck, which was a hassle because that thing takes a lot of juice to get going. We don't need a fridge. Yeah. I mean, that's, you don't need a fridge, but for 300 bucks, that's how much I spent on mine, man. It has been a game changer. I don't have to mess with ice. I can just throw stuff in there. It's so nice. Yeah. So if you're building for the zombie apocalypse, then you definitely want to overdo it. That makes sense to me. Um, so yeah, so keeping on track here for mods to the truck. So yeah, so now I'm running the fridge off of the Odyssey AGM battery. Um, I recently upgraded the wheels and tires. So I got some level eight MK6s, which again, if you're a Nissan person, you've probably seen those wheels on a number of Xterras and Frontiers. They're pretty popular. Um, but I'm pretty picky about my wheels and tires. I generally, um, I generally only like 
you know, switching out like maybe Titan wheels over to the truck or, you know, like stock OEM style wheels and tires, like the newer Pro 4X uh, Frontier wheels are super cool. I'd love to do those. Like when I had my Jeep back in the day, I loved the Rubicon TJ wheels and I wanted to swap those onto my XJ. So that's generally what I go with. But for aftermarket wheels, I never really, okay, we'll talk about the tires. Um, I never really had looked at them before except for the level eight MK6s. And so thanks to Trailbuilt uh, Off-Road, um, whenever I get done with this video, I'll put a link up to my setup on their website. But it was really actually really cool. The, so you go on their website and it's got like a, a setup wizard, I guess. So like you can put in your vehicle and it will give you um, wheels and tires that will fit for it. And then it lets you like package them up. So like I actually picked my wheels and then it was like, hey, here's a bunch of tires in different sizes. And unlike like a discount tire or something like that that's trying to, uh, that's trying to like, you know, keep you within stock sizes and stuff, they have all different sizes, right? So it says, okay, you want 31s, you want 33s, you want 35s, here you go, here are some options, here are what people, you know, seem to like. Um, so I, I've had Kendas on my truck before, back when I first bought it, my first upgrade was 33-inch ATs. Yeah, Dylan, Trailbuilt website is great. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun to play around on. Um, but so I had Kenda ATs, and I loved them. They were great. I ran them for two, two and a half years until I put the steel wheels on with the MTs. And uh, they still have a ton of tread left. Like those wheels and tires will be up for sale, plus the the stock steelies with the MTs on it here shortly because I don't have room in my garage anymore. I have just sets of wheels and tires sitting everywhere. Um, but the Kenda Cleaver RTs, oh man. Now I haven't had like, I haven't, I've only had them on for like a month. So I haven't been out on anything tough, but I've been through some snow in them. I've been through some mud and Hoosier National Forest going up a steep path into a, into a, uh, uh, campsite that I go to a lot. The one that's kind of on the hilltop that I've talked about in previous videos. And, uh, and usually I kind of, in the in the old, like, sort of worn down ATs, I'd have to pop it into four-wheel drive to climb that little hill just because I just start to slip immediately. And with those RTs, man, they just dig in and go. Um, but I will say, compared to the MTs that I had before, and to be fair, they were like mixed MTs and they were used when I bought them. So they could have been cupped or, you know, there could have been some, there definitely was some wear on them. Um, these things are like deathly quiet like much more quiet on the road, but still have a nice aggressive tread pattern to them. And I'm, I'm super excited to use them like at core this year. I'll probably get a good test in on them. Um, but yeah, they, they look nice. Yeah, exactly. Matthew, um, basically drive over a Prius. Yes. Um, they do have some nice lugging on the, the sidewall and stuff too. So again, I'm super excited to like get up to cliff mine trail and, and check out some stuff in the UP. There's a lot of mud and stuff up there too, to see what I can get into with those. But definitely, I definitely got a little boost out of them from a height standpoint, just because my MTs were a little bit more worn down. And so I actually had to trim a little bit to get the tires to fit just because I've got one and a half inch uh, spacers on the truck too. And then the, the zero offset MK uh, sixes are, are fairly aggressive setup. So like if you guys have seen the pictures and stuff on Instagram, they poke quite a bit, but I kind of like it. Like I'm, I could take off the spacers and, and make them flush back into the, the fenders a little bit, but I actually kind of like it. I think I'm just going to leave it. I'm just going to have mud all over the side of my truck nonstop. It's fine. Um, but so the wheels and tires were a big upgrade and those have been fantastic. Like that's the first time since originally buying the truck four years ago that I bought new tires for the truck. First time I bought new wheels for it ever. Um, so that was exciting. Then the awning. So this thing is a game changer. And I'm not saying this like to try and sell you guys on anything. You buy whatever you want, but because it is an expense. Um, steals. Yeah, so I... So one of the questions that just came across was, did you notice the difference in the wheels from like a weight standpoint? Because he has steel wheels and they're heavy. I feel like they were about the same weight. Now, again, I feel like there's a lot more 
rubber on the tires than than my old tires so that may be part of it but i feel like they were about the same so i didn't feel like a huge bump up in weight or anything like that um i probably should have weighed them i could weigh one of the wheels with tires on it from the old steel setup and then i've still got the spare i haven't put it on the truck yet from the new one so i could i could get a weight on that that's i'm kind of curious about that so good question i'll see what i can do um but so the awning right so this was a big expense this was not exactly a budget expense it took me a couple months to kind of save up and kind of justify this and i and i worked with chad at overland addict and he took care of me um but so it's about 700 bucks this awning but here's the thing is so i had a tough stuff before right and it was 250 bucks so it's not like it's i mean you're talking about a fairly significant bump up there right so if you go overlanding call it that or camping four or five times a year don't buy this awning right like it, it is amazing i mean if you really want it you can get it but it's a big expense that I got because I go a lot, right? So with the tough stuff, if you guys are familiar with those, like a Smitty Built, an ARB, the tough stuff, they're all kind of the same where they're essentially like a tarp that's folded up. We roll it up on top of itself and then push it up under this thing and strap it in. And then there are two poles that fold in that come out that you push against the awning to keep it taut and then you drop two legs, right? But if you watch my video with my full deployment setup, like you look like a complete idiot. It's a pain in the ass to set up like... It's just so bad. It's so bad. Like, so you you basically unfurl this whole uh, this whole awning. Then you're like holding it up. If you're by yourself, right? If you have two people. Someone else could hold it. It's great. But it, I'm always by myself. So I'm I'm wrestling with this tarp going back under it. Like, you know, remember when you were a kid in, in elementary school and you would like do the parachute up and then go under it? That's what it's like, except it's on your head the whole time. And then you have to pull these arms out and try and get one extended and kind of outside the tarp because then you have to go back in to get the other arm out and get that folded out. Then you have to pull this tarp back out, stretch the arms out, put them up, drop the legs, all the while it's trying to like hit you in the head and fall over and all this stuff. It's a nightmare. So I hardly ever used it. This is the old one. So I'm talking about the old one. So the old tough stuff. Um, I mean, again, I don't want to speak badly of it. It is a great it is a great awning and that's why they're cheaper, right? They're, they're not quite as convenient and it's, it held up really well. It's been a really nice awning, but I use mine a lot. Like I want to use it every single time I go out. I want to pop that thing out. I want to set up my table. Um, <laughs> um, I want to set up the table. I want to set up everything, you know, when I get out there, but half the time I'd be like, you know what? I just don't want to mess with the awning because then I have to put it away and it's a pain to set up. So I just won't do it this time, right? And then it rains and all your stuff gets wet or you got to wake up in the middle of the night and move everything back into the truck. Um, so that was the old awning, right? Now with the new awning, um, that one also is about six and a half feet long by eight feet out from the truck. So that's that's total square footage. You got six and a half feet long, eight feet out. So yeah, it's square. Um, then with the new one, the OVS one, it's sort of a batwing style, like Ripper just said. So yes, um, it's self-supporting. It doesn't require legs, right? Like it, it, it sags a little bit in the middle if you don't have, if you don't put the legs up, unless you pull it super, super taut, which, you know, that's something that I'm kind of learning myself how to do that the best way without destroying anything. Um, but essentially it has these, these free supported aluminum arms on hinges. So they're on each side and basically you fold one out and then you fold the other one out like this. And it just opens up. So you've got that, say, let's call it, I think it's about seven feet long. So a seven foot by about eight feet out. But then you've also got these triangles at the end that cover the whole front of the truck and the whole rear of the truck. Um, now, I went with a 180 awning because I have an Xterra. So the hatch opens in the rear. So I didn't want that that thing going up over it and messing with possibly ripping it or, you know, with my gas can holder, especially back there. The 180 just made sense. Plus the 270 is a little more expensive. So cost savings. Um 
but I've set this thing up multiple times now. I set it up in my yard the other day just for fun. People are driving by in the street and they're like, what the hell is that guy doing? Um, but this thing is amazing. So basically when it unfolds, and I, I did do a video when I went camping last week. So that whenever I get my computer back and I can edit stuff, there'll be a video coming of like a full deployment, walk around talking about the features and kind of showing you guys all that stuff. Um, but when you, you pop it out, it has two legs built into it already so it's like they're they're just hanging up there by a velcro strap you undo the velcro strap again though no wrestling with tarps or anything like that you fold an arm out you fold the other arm out you hook up these two straps one to each end and i attach them to my roof rack that's basically it and put some tension on it that holds the whole awning up but then like again if you're in a high wind or something like that or water um i know you're in the the market for an awning cody i think you're gonna have mine if you want it um but so then when you want to drop those legs it's basically Yep, exactly. So basically, someone was asking, how do you strap it to the to the roof rack? So again, this will be in the video I'll show you, but there's basically like a little loop at the end of the triangular piece of each end of the awning, and you put a little S-hook through it, and then you've got an adjustable strap basically with like a metal clip in the middle, and then I run that over to the, the passenger side of the Xterra, and I hook that to the roof rack, to the DIY Unistrut roof rack, um, and then you pull tension on it and just put it put it tight. Um, and then that's what pulls that whole awning and keeps it supported. But again, underneath of it, then it's got these two legs built in. So you can just undo a Velcro strap, drop them down, you know, just like the normal ones, you twist it, you lengthen it and you twist it back so that it's tight. You can pop those two legs up and then it comes with an extra two legs. So if you're going to be in one place for a long time, or if you're running it off of a trailer or something, I mean, you could set this thing up indefinitely. It also has zippers on it for a wall kit. So that's kind of nice too. I did not get the wall kit because I think that's a few hundred more dollars. Um, dude, you just found it for $549. That's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Fry's on the side says he would set up an awning at every store he stopped at. Yeah. I mean, you could do that. I mean, it, it literally takes me probably to set the thing up and have the straps done two or three minutes. I mean, it takes me longer to get the straps out than it does to actually put it up. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah. So Ripper says tighten it first, then put your poles down. Yeah. So that's that's the way I've been doing it. Um, but I haven't used the straps yet, but I'm in Indiana, right? So it's not like I'm in the desert or something or where I actually get wind ever. Um, so that's, I feel like there are definitely, there's a reason for all of the nice stuff that came with the awning, all the straps and extra poles and all that stuff. Again, just in Indiana, we don't really deal with anything difficult or tricky, aside from maybe some rain sometimes. Um, so I haven't had to use a lot of that stuff yet. But the awning has seriously has been a game changer. Like, I'm so excited to go camping every time. And I feel like it could be a place, because it's so big too, like, again, in the past, like, we would normally set up, and I'd set up my tent, and then I'd go over somewhere far away to, like, a fire, and then that's where we would hang out. And I like hanging out around the fire. But, like, with this big awning, like, again, I could have, I could set up my new, you know, aluminum folding table. I could set up a chair under there. If it was raining, I've hated going camping in the rain in the past, as you guys know. Um, but with this big awning, like, it wouldn't be the end of the world. I, I would be happy to just get under that awning and just sit there. It's better than not going camping, right? Um, so that awning is is super cool. Um, other than that, I think that's the bulk of the new upgrades. I mean, semi-recently... I did. Ooh, good question on the custom mounts. I'll talk to you about how I did that, how I mounted it. Um, aside from that, I did do the general uh, spring, HD spring pack in the rear of the truck late last year. So maybe four or five months ago. Um, haven't talked about that a whole lot, but man, that lifted me. I probably gained an inch and a half of clearance from that. So that was a nice upgrade because I was still on stock, stock leaf packs. 
uh, 16 years later. So that was a that was a really nice upgrade too. Um, as far as the mounting of the OVS awning, so again, this will be in that video. I have a really in-depth where I literally show you the brackets, but the brackets are about 3 16th inch steel um, with universal sort of like mounti, multi-mount uh, holes in them so that you can mount them to a variety of different racks. Um, they come with some U-bolts. They, they come with all the hardware that you would need, um, just some regular bolts. So if you do have like a through bolt, uh, a way to mount to your roof rack, uh, you could do that way too. And it has three brackets. So my tough stuff had two. So just from a weight standpoint, uh, the OVS is a lot heavier. It's a lot bigger, a lot bigger and a lot sturdier because of the, the self-supporting uh, feature of it. But it probably weighs like 50 some pounds, almost 60 pounds, I think they said. It took two people, it took me and, and my neighbor from across the street walked over to help me get this thing up. But so the way I mounted it, again, I've got that do-it-yourself uh, roof rack that I made out of Unistrut. Previously, I had two crossbars because I had the, the tough stuff awning on it, so I just needed two. So what I've done is I added a third, I went and bought another 10 foot stretch of Unistrut, cut it down to 55 inches, I think, or 50 inches, whatever. I'd have to look back at my measurements. Um, but one more third piece that went across the middle. So I've got a little bit of extra support under the rooftop tent, and then it sticks off about six inches off the side of the truck. So then my rooftop tent is offset maybe three or four inches to the right on the top, and then the awning mounts to those three bars. So basically I have a box, right? I have the box of the, of the uh, well here, I've got a whiteboard here, I can probably show you. So I've got my box of my, let's <laughs> see how I can do this. Here's the, the DIY roof rack, right? So it's just a box. Previously, I had two of these crossbars that went across like that. Two something I bought it because it was so expensive. First day it rained. Okay, yeah, he says he likes the 180. So this is how it was, right? And when I had my, this was my tough stuff awning, it just mounted to those two. Well, now I've got a third bracket because it's a little bit heavier. So all I did was I added a piece of Unistrut through here, bolted it to the roof rack in there, and then I've just got my, my three mounts for that. Um, and because it's Unistrut, it has holes in it, right? So. As far as mounting goes, I didn't use U-bolts or anything like that. I just used straight through bolts and washers with lock nuts. And I put two through each bracket. So I've got six total bolts holding that thing up. I think they're like maybe half inch bolts, maybe a little bit smaller than half inch bolts, but it's, I mean, it's sturdy. It's not going anywhere. So, and with the slight offset of the tent, it actually looks really right. So if you've seen the pictures like from the back of the truck, uh, it looks, I think it looks pretty good. And it doesn't look like, you can barely tell that the tent is offset, but the nice thing is, especially with the new awning, I feel like um, it had a little bit less overhang on the back. I think because it has more brackets, um, it just has less overhang on the back. So I can actually get to the cover of the rooftop tent a little bit easier than I could on the old one. Um, also, I took off the traction mats. So if you saw that, I used to have, just to get them the heck out of the truck, I, I added a couple little, bars in between the two main bars that were holding the the tough stuff awning and i mounted my traction mats up above the door and they fit just perfect i mean they're just you could open the door and it's half an inch from the the traction mats um but so i just pulled those all the way off because they've been such a hassle like the way that that was i actually really didn't like it just because they blocked that entire opening so to get to the side of the tent to undo the straps i had to like climb up on the tire and reach over the awning and down to try and pull off that hook and it was a nightmare um, so those have been removed and that made a huge difference. And then again, with the three different brackets on the awning, I just feel like for some reason they maybe stick out a little bit farther than the old one. So I've got a little bit, a couple more inches to get in there and take the straps off. And when I did it last time, it was great. Um, so cool. So that's, that's the, those are the main things for the truck. That's the big things that I've been doing to the truck recently. 
I don't have a ton of plans except to say, like, I will probably pull out that battery in the back and take that whole box off the top of the drawer system, which will free up a lot of space on the top of that for more stuff to sit. Um, and again, I'm going to probably reroute my my solar around to the main uh, AGM battery. But I'm curious, and you guys post up in the comments and let me know what you think. Um, the controller, right? So I'm trying to decide what to do with the controller. With it being, with having the battery in the back, I just mounted the, the solar controller to the side of that box, so it was perfect. It was off by the window, so I could see what was happening with it, if it was charging, you know, what, what all was going on um, with the controller through the window, but that's where it was mounted. I've heard a lot of people say, don't put it under the hood because of the heat, which makes sense to me, um, but I'm just curious if anybody's done that. Like, has anybody put, mine's not an MPPT, it's the, whatever the other one is, the, the more simple, stupid, older one. Um, PNW something. I forget what it stands for. Um, but mine's just like the plain Jane old solar controller. I, I suppose I could mount it maybe like down on the kick panel to the right of the passenger side seat and then run the wires up through um, to the battery. I don't know. I'm just trying to decide where, because if I could just mount it under the hood, super simple, right? Like the, the cords literally, the positive and negative come out of the solar panel right now, go down behind the hood and then go through a hole into the truck right like and then they run to the back but if i could put that controller under the hood i wouldn't even have to put anything through the firewall i could just literally have those cords go down to the controller need to make a bluetooth controller yeah so but yeah i just don't know like if i had the controller under the hood though it would be so much easier right like i could just literally run those cords three four feet into the controller and then like a foot out straight into the battery and i'd be done Otherwise, I, I mean, the cords are already run through the firewall, so it's not a huge deal um, to, like, just have it inside the truck and rerun it back through. But, I mean, then you're talking, I mean, these are pretty big, hefty cables, and I keep punching holes in this firewall grommet. So I'm just, at some point, it's just going to be like a, a freaking tree branch coming through there of wires. <laughs> so it's just getting to be a bit much. But I'm worried about putting the controller under there and having it fry out and, you know, not work, which would be bad. Um, so anyways, post up in the comments, let me know about that, or post up on Facebook and let me know if anybody's done anything like that. I just need to do more research myself. No, you don't need, so the controller is all automatic, right? So when I say controller, it sounds like, you know, like a winch controller or something like that. It's nothing like that. So it's essentially just a box with a brain in it that says, okay, I got solar coming in. How's the battery charge? You know, if it's, if it's at the top, let's let it trickle down a little bit before we kick back in. So it's literally, it's just, it just controls the solar coming in. So you don't just have a straight dump of power whenever the sun comes out, dumping into your battery and overcharging it or risking damaging it. So it's kind of like overcharge protection on like a wall socket. You know, if you plug in your smartphone, when it hits full, then the, the thing knows enough to say, okay, stop charging because it's full. Um, so that's all that it does. But again, like that's, I don't know what happens. Like what happens if I put it under the hood and I drive for 10 hours to go to a place and halfway there, yeah, I could check with Renogy to see. I just need to do, I just need to Google it. I mean, I haven't even looked. So I'm just, I was just curious if any of you guys knew. Um, but yeah, I need to do my own research and try and figure it out. Yeah, if they're heat rated, I'd be really interested to see that, but I'll have to, I'll have to look it up. Because if I, again, if I could put it under the hood, man, that would be sweet. That would be so much easier. Um, but so yeah, so I need to do that. I need to repair my power steering because that sucks. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. 
Armor All. Less work, more clean. Terms apply. Um, so let's talk about a little bit. So that's kind of the truck stuff. Let's talk about this overlander as a term stuff. I'm curious to get your guys' opinions on this. I have mine, but like all these groups, so to, to preface this, to give you guys an idea of what I'm talking about, if you're not on like Overlanding USA, um, if you're not on like Overlanding, I'll get to you, Michael, I see your question. Um, if you're not on like Overlanding USA, where these people constantly post up like, hey, here's my definition of Overlanding. And then it's like 400 comments long of people saying everything from, you know, when I was a kid, we just called it car camping because that's what it really is. And overlanders aren't overlanders without an Instagram and a YouTube and a whatever and a whatever, which kind of hurts my soul a little bit because I'm kind of like, dang it. <laughs> I don't have to have an Instagram. I don't have to have a YouTube. I didn't, I didn't get into it to do that, but now I do. So now I feel like an asshole. But, um, you know, but it's like this constant battle. And like, so I'll give you my thoughts, but you guys post up in the comments. Let me know what you think. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it's so like my thoughts on it are like, one, I don't really care what anyone's definition is, right? Um, who the hell cares? Right, exactly, Ripper. That is exactly my thoughts. It's like, why are these people so angry, right? Like, why do they care so much about the terminology of overlanding? Um, like, again, I would say, I mean, I think that I am primarily a camper who has a rig that is outfitted for overlanding. The group is very toxic. It is becoming more toxic. I don't feel like it used to be that way. Um, but like, I, I mean, I do think I go camping a lot. Like next weekend, I'm going to go on a two night. I mean, Cody, you'll be there uh, on a two night camping trip. It's not, I'm not really overlanding. We're going to park in one spot. I am going to use my rig. I am, you know, relying on my rig to get there. I'm going to have the fridge loaded with food. So I'm going to get my food out of there. I'm going to cook my food off the back of the truck on the stove and, you know, I mean, I'm going to have the tent set up. I'm going to have the awning set up. So, I mean, I will be self-sufficient off of my rig technically, but I'm not really going like overlanding based on the normal old, you know, thing is that your the destination isn't really what you're going for. It's the journey. So I won't, that's why I wouldn't classify that as overlanding for myself is because I'm not really going on a trip. I'm just going to a place and camping. Right. But like, I just don't understand everyone's vehemence for the word overlander. Like literally everyone hates it so much that I almost feel like you know, at some point people are going to be like coming and just like blasting me out. Like, Oh, your name, your name of your channel says overlanding. You faker, you foverlander, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, not that I care what they say, but, um, but it's just, it's becoming almost so toxic that like having the word overland in a conversation is negative. Howdy. Yeah, you're right. It could just be a meme culture toxic and mock you the entire time. You know, what's funny is, um, is that it's it's very reminiscent of like car culture. So I came from like fast cars is what I liked. I had a 350Z. It wasn't really fast, but a quick car back in the day um, that I autocrossed and stuff like that. And so I was in like a bunch of Nissan groups and and 350Z uh, groups. <laughs> nice. Um, and and everybody just bitched at everybody all the time, right? Even if you had the same car, you know, one person says, "Man, I love my 350Z. It's it's so fast." Then people are like, "Oh." this guy thinks 350Zs are fast. And it's like, why? Why is everyone so negative? So yeah, I agree. I just think, you know, my kind of stance on it is I don't really engage in those conversations. I just stay away from them or I drop a funny meme. That happens sometimes too. But my stance still is if you just get out and you explore and you go and try and find new stuff in your truck or car or Prius, I don't care. It's, it's still fun, right? 
So yeah, I think you're right, Ripper, that, you know, sometimes people have to validate themselves and the money they spent. I mean, that's the thing too. I did an episode a long time ago on Foverlanders and I kind of blasted people. I mean, I, I tried not to be like super judgmental because who knows what people use their rigs for, you know? Um, but like, I see people driving around where I live with like six jerry cans of gas on their, their car all day, every day. And I, I was kind of like, why are you, are you always on a trip? Like, do, are you afraid you're going to run out of gas on the 10 mile drive from where you live to where you work now? Um, but you know, maybe they are going on a real trip and I just happen to see them all the time, you know? So as long as they use it, I don't care. That's kind of my stance on it, but I am kind of getting over all this negativity, um, and everything like that, just cause everybody just talks about it nonstop. So I don't know about you guys, but I kind of feel like when those conversations pop up, we just need to ignore them and move on and not engage. <laughs> because we're just adding fuel to the fire. Um, yeah, Michael says, it's actually smart to have six jerry cans if you drive an Xterra, which is true. That is definitely true. Um, and Michael, if you bought that OVS awning, I hope you bought it through my affiliates link. I'm just kidding. Um, so yeah, so I, there is a lot of toxicity in that culture now. So I, I kind of try, and I hope that you guys will try too. Like when you see like a new person, I always feel bad for those new people that post up on overlanding usa and say what mod should i do or what truck should i buy because you know they're gonna get wrecked right um there was a guy a guy that's a subscriber of mine i'm not sure if he's on here or not um but he has a nissan xterra and he's kind of followed me for a while and he's you know he'll ping me and ask me questions and stuff about the truck but he recently added a solar panel just like mine to the hood of his truck and he posted it up and he was super proud and he did a great job i thought it looked great i mean you know i'm biased but he posted it up on the nissan xterra group which has about twelve thousand members in it so it's a large group and like, it, it's funny, Jeremiah from uh, Overland Pioneers always says this, but he's like, you know, if the first couple of comments are negative, then the whole thread's going to be negative. If the first couple comments are positive, then it's probably going to be positive. But these guys just chewed this guy up. Like, why is it finished? Where are you mounting it? Why did you mount it to the hood? And just like, lit this kid up. And I'm like, I posted a picture of my rig and I'm like, look, I have one, you know, like he's not the only one. It's, there's nothing wrong with it with an exterior with a rooftop tent. That's not rigid that you can't mount solar panels to. There's not a lot of options. Um, and, and so I kind of tried to defend him as much as I could. And then like X venture, the, who's a fairly big exterior, I think he has like 17,000 followers on Instagram or something, but I think he's whose rig I first saw when I was going to do mine. Yeah. The red truck. Exactly. You saw it. Um, he has been around forever and had a solar panel and that's where I kind of got the idea. And I was like, Oh, that's a smart place to mount that and be easy to pass those wires through the firewall and you know, that all that stuff. So he jumped in and posted up his truck. Well, then all of a sudden everybody's like, Oh yeah, that looks really cool. That's, but like, why, you know, like these people are just jerks. So I'm trying to stay out of that toxic mindset. I've always been the type of person that kind of takes criticism fairly harshly myself, but over the last year, year and a half of doing this stuff on YouTube, man, it is, it is, killer. I, I've, I've gotten much thicker skin. I really don't give a shit what people say anymore. Like I've just gotten lit up on a ton of videos and it's fine. That's how you learn. Right? So if I go back to some of my first videos, which please don't do that because they're horrendous. Um, and I look to now, I feel like I've made headway and I feel like in another year or two or three, like things will just get better and better. Um, again, I'm super excited because I've shot tons and tons of footage of more. And then I've taken a couple trips since more. I've done a bunch of stuff like my awning. I did a full walk around of the, the truck. I actually got, and this is, nobody knows this yet, except maybe Matthew from Fries on the Side. I bought an Insta 361R twin combo. So if you're not familiar with that, it's a 360 camera, but it's modular. So you can unplug the 360 lens and put in like an action camera lens or like a wide angle lens or different stuff like that. Um, but I shot just for fun and I, I need to, I can actually edit this because I can do it on my phone. 
I shot a walk around of the truck. I did it twice. I did a normal one and then I did the 360 cam. And uh, yeah, if I could stop dropping my computer on the ground, I'd be in better shape. You're right. Um, <clears throat> but I'm going to edit that together. But it is literally a 360. So you can like turn the screen and stuff um, to see what I'm looking at, to see me, to see the truck. Um, so it's going to be, I'm actually pretty excited about that. So I've got some cool new stuff coming. Um, I'm working on getting my drone license. Um, and by working, I mean starting to research. I haven't really done anything yet. Um, but Jeremiah is going to kill me from Overland Pioneers if I don't get that. And just from a liability standpoint, I want to be safe, be, rather be safe. That's why I haven't used the drone a whole lot so far. Um, but I want to get my license for that and, and make sure I'm doing things right there. Um, but so there's going to be a ton of great stuff coming once I have a computer again, I promise. So, so there's going to be some cool stuff coming out. Um, so yeah, that was, so we talked about overlanding. We talked about the truck. I've talked a little bit about stuff to come. What else do you guys want to talk about? We were almost coming up on an hour. Dylan will say, keep going, keep going, keep going until I'm even more gray than I already am. But it is Sunday. You guys probably have other stuff to do, cooler stuff to do, right? I have to admit, I don't watch all of your stuff because some of the stuff you're figuring out now, I'm way past. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah, you're fine. I See, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt my feelings. Like that's, it makes perfect sense. There are people at different levels, right? So my stuff is definitely... Uh, targeted more at newer folks, right? Because I'm a newer folk myself. Like I've only been doing it for a few years now. Um, I've been all over the place. I've, I've had some good trips, but I mean, every single time I go, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And when I get home, I've learned a ton. Um, okay, good to know, Ripper, that it's interesting to see where I am in the evolution. Well, and see, like that's, I, I love that there are different people. I love that you're on here hanging out and, and giving tips and, and talking about stuff too, because that's how we all learn, right? That's that positive side of the overlanding uh, community. Um, but, you know, po feel free to post up in ATO whenever you want if you've got stuff um, that you want to talk about or suggestions. Oh, you're drilling. Cody says he's drilling holes in the roof of, of your truck. What are you What are you putting up? The new uh, roof rack? Didn't you get a new roof rack? That thing looked pretty nice. It's way fancier than my Unistrut do-it-yourself roof rack. I can tell you that. Um, but, yeah, you know, uh, anyways, I think I just think it's cool that we've got such a cool group of people here. I appreciate all you guys for, you know, always coming and hanging out. Um, again, sorry that I don't have like a, an official podcast slash topic because <laughs> thanks Ripper. I appreciate the kind words um, that, you know, see now you totally made me lose my train of thought because you're so nice Ripper. Um, but yeah, I love that, you know, we can all kind of come together and do this. Sorry again that I don't have like an official podcast, but I, it's been three weeks. It's literally killing me. I, you guys would laugh at me. I'm sitting in my basement on an eight year old PC that I use as a, as a media server for my like movies and stuff. And I'm trying to work on this thing. And I, I took a video the other day that's two minutes long of me trying to delete a piece of email. It took two minutes for the computer to, to delete it. I'm clicking on it, clicking on it, clicking on it. And it's just nothing. So like imagine doing a full, you know, seven, eight hours of work on a computer where it takes you 30 to 90 to, you know, 120 seconds to delete an email. So that is how it has been fun. Um, okay, what do I do for work? Meet me in person before you say <laughs> You seem nice on the internet. Um, what do I do for work? So I, I work for a, a small startup. There's about three of us. Uh, there's the CEO, which is not me, um, who does sales and, and kind of came up with the idea for the product. Um, it's a SaaS product, so it's software as a service. I'm the COO slash client success slash marketing. And then we've got a developer, so that's our team. But we do uh, referral software. So like mostly for like larger SaaS companies, service-based companies, 
um, that are looking to like ask their customers or their clients for referrals. We have some software that helps them track all that and do attribution and then fulfill um, like payouts for incentives and things like that. So my boss is awesome. If he's watching, especially, I love him. He's the best. No, I'm just kidding. He's, he really is. He's a super cool guy, super flexible. He lets me, you know, I've taken a couple of times where I've been like, hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to go camping from Friday to Tuesday of next week. Is that cool? And he's like, yeah, just let's just move your meetings and just let me know what I need to do while you're gone. So he's, it's been really awesome because <clears throat> he's super flexible. Confusing job, says Dylan. I mean, it is kind of confusing. It. I don't think we know exactly what we do sometimes from day to day, but our customers seem pretty happy and, you know, we work really hard for them. So it is good. It's, if you want to look at it for some reason, it's sendwarmup.com is, is the website for that company. Um but yeah, it's just been great. I, I, I've known the guy that runs the company for years and and we've been friends. They were a vendor of ours for this software at the place I worked before. So that's how I met him. And then uh, he brought me on full-time at that business about a year and a half ago now. So, but super flexible. Flexible is the way to be with your job. I'm super happy because I don't have to go to an office every day. I don't have to deal with the bullshit. So yeah, exactly. All right. So MN Overlander says, don't sweat the petty things. It's just a term. Right. So yeah, just get out there, explore, have a good time. There's nothing that says that, you know, you have to have six jerry cans and bumpers all around and a winch and, you know, be safe. Think about recovery. Think about first aid. Think about, you know, the bare minimum gear that you need before you go out there, but just get out and explore. I mean, that's, I get that question a lot. I just did a, an interview the other day uh, with the gentleman Lance from Outland uh, that I shared up on the Facebook page, but um He's just now getting, he's been a backpacker and he's just now getting an overland and overlanding. And he was like, you know, what, what's the bare minimum gear that I need? And I was like, you know, it's funny because a year ago I would have run through a list, right? Here's all the stuff that I bought before I went, <clears throat> but I made a bad mistake doing that. I was buying stuff, buying stuff. I didn't even go on my first trip for like three or four months. Cause I was like, well, I can't go until I have like those cool folding tiny chairs and I can't go until I have this awesome tent and that sort of stuff. Um, you know, but you don't need all that. Like, just take what you got, go out and learn, right? Like the first trip I took was awful. I mean, it was a lot of fun, but I had nothing. I was like, I was barely cooking my hot dogs and stuff. Yes. Yeah, stickers and jerry cans are a necessity for sure. Um, but just go out and learn, right? Like every single time you take a trip, like that's the best advice I can give you is be safe. Tell people where you're going, you know, make sure that you can check in and that you do check in and then just first aid and recovery stuff just in case. And then just bare minimum stuff. And then every time you go, you'll learn more and more and more. I finally, after like, let's call it three years of actually really doing this, I finally feel like between the rooftop tent, the awning, the folding table, the folding fire pit, the drawer system, the fridge, like, I mean, it took me years and a lot of money of buying stupid stuff and trying to be cheap with it to get to the point where I've, I've still got fairly inexpensive stuff, but I feel like I have a well-rounded setup. And like, I have a really good trip every time now. Like there's, there's still little things that I learn, you know, every trip and there's little pieces of gear that I upgrade. Like I upgraded my lanterns recently um, because I had this big, huge old school lantern that was kind of cracked up and it was plastic and these had these side pieces that came off, which I got because I have kids and I was like, oh, they can use them as flashlights. We never used them. They had their own flashlights. I have 600 flashlights in the truck. Um, but so now I just have these nice little rechargeable, super bright LED lanterns. I got two of them for like 20 bucks. Um, and they take up half the room of the old lantern. So like little stuff like that I'm still learning. But still, I can go out there and I can cook a steak and mashed potatoes pretty easily. I've got the fridge so I can throw beers and energy drinks and waters and stuff in there. Um, and so like, you know, I'm, I'm getting there. But it took a long time and literally every single trip figuring out what I needed. Recovery gear the same way. I had like, when I first started, I had like one metal D-ring and a toe strap. Literally a toe strap, not a recovery strap, a toe strap. 
And then I, you know, I went on our trip and I exploded the toe strap because I'm an idiot. And they were like, oh, is this a recovery strap? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this was years ago, right? And first pull just, just yanked it right apart. And I mean, it, you know, the strap came apart. It sucked. Um, yeah, so Dylan says when you get cheap stuff, sometimes it breaks more. Right. So there's like certain things that you can get that are cheap that are okay. Like cups, I feel like, like Ozark Trail, you know, stainless steel insulated cups versus like a Yeti that's four times as much. That sort of stuff is fine, but like recovery gear, you need to, you know, sometimes it's better to spend more money. The awning, you know, like I, I really liked the tough stuff. Before that, though, I was going to make my own. Um, and, I, and I'm kind of glad that I didn't. I kind of like making my own stuff, but man, just having that tough stuff awning has been so nice for the last few years. Um, yeah, so useless pieces of gear are the most expensive pieces of gear, right? So that's, I'm literally going through my garage right now, and I probably have... 400 bucks worth of stuff that I just, I never even use. It's been sitting in the garage for years. And I'm like, I might get, if I'm lucky, a hundred bucks for all this stuff. If I can't even get it, some of it, I'm just going to give away because it's old or used or like one of my chairs is kind of the stitching's coming out of it a little bit. Um, so yeah, that, that, I think that would be my advice is just get out there and, and learn what you need um, before you go start buying a bunch of stuff. Cause I wasted hundreds of dollars, if not more on gear that I never use and will never use. Um, so be looking at the page here. There'll be a lot of stuff for sale soon. Jim, are you asking if I have a wedding ring? Yes, I am married to a wonderful woman who puts up with all my crap <laughs> and lets me go camping most of the time. Um, so yeah. All right. Well, we're almost at an hour, guys. Like, I feel like now I'm just like rambling. So, <laughs> I mean, I think we can wrap this up. Um, let me let me put uh, the the little end on it, I guess. So if you're listening on the podcast, when I rip this out later, if I can figure out a way to do that. Oh, the wedding ring is the most useless piece of gear you bought. Oh, Jim. I'm not going to comment on that. Not, I'm going to stay out of that. But I'm not into campgrounds, so avoid Hoosier Park. Can you succession primitive? Yeah. Okay, good question. So we've got a question on where to go dispersed camping near Bloomington which is perfect because that's where Hoosier National Forest is. Um, if you want, message me or email me. I can give you a couple of spots in there, but really the best thing to do is just to explore in there and you'll find all kinds of cool stuff. Um, but my folks actually are from Bloomington area, so I, I'm really familiar with the area down there, but Hoosier National Forest is 25, 30 minutes from Bloomington. I mean, driving out into the woods. Piece of gear you bought that you don't use. Ooh, what's a really expensive piece of gear I bought that I don't use? Um, okay, I, I was just looking at one the other day. So um, I bought... Yeah, Charles C. Deem in Hoosier National Forest. Yeah, Jim is dead. Um, so yeah, check out Hoosier National Forest. If you haven't, check out some of my other videos because I've got a few that I've done on Hoosier National Forest and a couple of those give the location of, of those spots. Um, can, can I go another half hour? I don't know. Um, shoot, what were we just talking about? Oh, the most expensive piece of gear that I, that I don't use. Um, probably... It's either my cooler, so I have a cooler that I spent about 150 bucks on, and now I bought a fridge. I actually have two coolers, so I've probably got 200, 250 bucks into coolers that I now no longer use because I have a fridge, and I didn't want to buy a fridge because they were too expensive. And it was $300, so I probably have almost that much in coolers that I bought before buying the fridge that are now just sitting in the garage. Um, I bought that Coleman galley thing, which is awesome. Like if you don't have a drawer system, if you don't have like a slide out kitchen and stuff, um, it's basically like a fold down rigid. Uh, galley but it has like a sink for washing dishes it pops open and it has like hooks to dry stuff and hang stuff up it's got a lantern pole and all that stuff um yeah cody has a map of hoosier national forest which is awesome um so definitely ping him and he will send that to you i may have that too cody so if you ping me i can get that to you um but that galley thing was like a 100 bucks 
And it's awesome. But then I built a drawer system like three months later. So I got it for Christmas. And then like a few months after that, I'm like, I want to build a drawer system. And then once I built the drawer system, I didn't have room for the galley anymore. And then I'm like, okay, I already have the drawer system. So now I don't need the galley. So I literally used it like two times. And it was nice. I liked it. I still like it, but I can't use it. So keep it for the kids when they want to get into overlanding. Yeah, I mean, maybe. But here's the thing is I got to store all this crap. The coolers and stuff. I will, I'm going to keep my Rotoform cooler. I have a 20 liter. Um, it has the worst, craziest name I've ever heard. C4 TMP something. I don't even know what it is. Um, but it's actually a really great. It's like a Yeti knockoff. And that was about 120 bucks. Um, and so I'm keeping that. But then I've got the Coleman Extreme 70 quart. And this thing's awesome. Like I, I took it to West Virginia when we went, Cody, and it kept ice for like three or four days. So it's a great cooler, but I, I just don't have room for it. I don't need it. So yeah, again, there'll be stuff, if you're in Indiana, especially there'll be stuff for sale here soon, probably. Same with wheels and tires. So I will let you guys know about that if anybody's interested in the old wheel setups. Um, so yeah, store it under their beds. <laughs> They'd probably fit. It would probably fit under the beds. All right, guys. So, yeah, we're about at an hour. We're, we're up to 13 people now. For some reason, we have more people than when we started, which is funny. Um, but so, yeah, if you're on the podcast, again, sorry for the sort of all over the place with this. Um, but it's been fun. $900 on a Zero Breeze air conditioner that doesn't work. I've seen those. That was $900? Holy crap. <laughs> okay, that's funny. Sorry, I'm, I'm not trying to laugh at your pain, but I've I've kind of been there. Um, so if you're listening on the podcast, yeah, sorry again for the kind of scattered nature. I am extremely hopeful that this week, finally, um, I will get my computer back and then expect to see a lot of videos coming out because I've got just gigs and gigs of video that I've shot that I haven't been able to do anything with. So definitely a new walk around of the truck is coming. Um, the awning review is coming. I got some really cool stuff from Overland Cookware, uh, which is a guy I met at Moore Expo sells really cool stuff that I've never even seen from like a cookware standpoint. And uh, I've got some stuff from him, like an aqua brick. That thing is cool. has a filter and everything. So, you know, if I'm on a longer trip, I can just go to a stream or something, pump water out of the stream, filter it 99.9% of the bacteria out of it, have three more gallons of water. They're stackable. It's really cool. Um, so definitely gonna have some gear reviews coming. And, uh, and the walk around of the truck and the OVS awning and some more stuff from more TC teardrops. I got to talk to them and do sort of a walk around of one of the trailers that they had there that was already sold that he was taking to the person that bought it. Um, so yeah, so yeah, there's tons of stuff coming as soon as I have a computer again. So I will keep you guys in the loop. So, uh, again, thanks to everybody listening on the podcast. If I can get this up later on the podcast, I'm going to try, um, thanks to everybody on YouTube for hanging out and chatting with me. Um, if you need more stickers, go to the website. I want someone to go to the website because I rebuilt the website recently. So allthingsoverlanding.com, if you want to, I'm not forcing anyone, but if you want to buy stickers and or patches, I don't know if that works. So if you, <laughs> I haven't gotten any orders since I redid it. Um, more talk of going out West. I mean, we can talk about it in comments and stuff later. I, I want to go out West, but it's going to be at least probably 2022 before that happens, just because I already have a bunch of plans for this year. I know I'm not going to get out there this year. So it'd probably be, fall-ish of next year would be my guess. We'll have plenty of time to figure that out, I promise. Um, I probably will do more of these live streams, but from my computer, which works better um, in the future, because I know Dylan wants me to do that really bad, and I don't want to disappoint Dylan. So uh, 
so yeah, but I, I do enjoy doing these. I like hanging out with you guys. I think it's been a lot of fun. It's a little scattered for the folks, you know, listening on the podcast. So I probably will do them as a separate thing. We might go back to like Thursday nights. I think we're pretty good. Um, but again, I have to get my computer back first. So um, more to come on that as well. But uh, yeah, thanks everybody. Do what Dylan said. Go to the like button and click the, the like button. I mean, feel free to use the Facebook page as a, as a live chat, you know, like that's, that's was kind of my intention with that. Um, but yeah, if you want to go to the website and order stickers and patches, if you have problems, if it doesn't work or something, just let me know. Shoot me an email at allthingsoverlanding at gmail.com um, or message me on Facebook or Instagram or somewhere like that, wherever you can. <laughs> just let me know that it's broken because I haven't, I haven't seen any orders come through since I rebuilt the website like a month ago, which is normal. Like that's not abnormal, but now I'm kind of worried that it's like broken or something. Um, so anyways, thanks again to you guys for watching. Yeah, video chat. I, you know, I'll see. I know Cody uses Discord for Midwest Overlanders, I heard. So that's okay, Dylan, if you don't have Facebook. Maybe we'll figure something out. Maybe we can we can find a way to get a private chat. I'll look into it because that's a good idea. Um, and then I'll, I'll let you guys know. So again, thank you guys for watching. I'm going to let you go. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. I'm going to try and figure out a way to get this up on the podcast. Um, thanks, guys, for hanging out. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next time. Let me see if I can even figure out how to stop this thing. How do you stop? Nope.